The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. We're live. I'm sorry I'm late. There's some protests in this city. What else is new? On this episode of the Heat Check, man, 2022 draft is history. And oh my God, the pre-draft consensus number one, Jabari Smith went third overall to Houston, a team that cleared a spot on their roster for him, traded a player for him, Paolo Bancaro. The pre-draft consensus number three was drafted number one, despite never working out with the Magic. And that was just the beginning, folks. Just utter and complete madness. We will break it down all along with you, along with some Kyrie news on his quote-unquote preferred destinations. Seems like a divorce is inevitable in Brooklyn. We also have a great interview with Matt McEwen, a betting insider, to help us understand all of the insanity around the NBA draft and what that meant from a betting perspective. So much chaos. Brock, I need you to drop that beat. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome to our post-draft show live, absolutely live. We are going to have on Matt McEwen uh, later on today, editor-in-chief of, of Sports Betting Dime, friend of the show. He is going to break down the odds, uh, betting odds for the number one pick and why it went so wonky. Uh, also, really quickly before we also get into some news, Google Paolo Bancaro's suit for draft night. If you're wondering, do I hate this or do I actually love this? Let me just tell you this. This one little bit of news I think will change your mind. If you're like, what was that on Paolo Bancaro's purple suit? Those are solitaire diamonds. Fire. Absolute fire. Anyone who can put 
I think four carat diamonds all around his suit, plastered on and sew them on. This man knew he was going number one. Sheesh. All right. So after what felt like a little bit of news, after what felt like fake information, misinformation, disinformation about the growing impasse, the growing impasse between the Brooklyn Nets and the Kyrie Irving camp, which, be honest, it's just Kyrie Irving. There is no camp. There is no, it's like, that's just a, that's a very large overstatement. Turns out, where there's smoke, there's burning sage. <laughs> yes, the Nets have now all but confirmed they are not going to offer Kyrie the max that he's looking for. Now, Kai is opting out of his deal, most likely, and is floating out all sorts of wild-ass landing spots for a sign-and-trade. Kyrie texted Shams and floated out a bunch of teams he would like to be traded for. Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Mavs, Sixers. All of whom don't have any fucking cap space. Sixers? You mean to tell me he's going to play with James Harden? I know this is some bull. A week ago, I would have said the odds of Kyrie going to another team were 0.0%. I would give you plus 5,000 odds, which is 500 to 1. You give me $10, I give you (laughs) $5,000. Math school. Now I don't know anymore. Up and down. Down is up. Kyrie might again be playing with LeBron. This is going to be one of those insane off-seasons. This is going to be like the LeBron James to Lakers off-season, it feels like. Let's break it down really quickly. According to Sam Amick, it's not a far-fetched idea, quote, that Kyrie will be in purple and gold next season. And let me tell you, I need it. I need it. I want it. Uh, This is what he said. You've got people within the league actually thinking, man, I think he might find a way to get back together with LeBron. And I do get the sense that LeBron would open that door, and we'll see if they can pull that off. Leave it to the Lakers to sign another future Hall of Famer who's a massive headache and probably won't still make the playoffs with you. I cannot express to you how much I need this. I cannot express to you how much I want this. Because Kyrie and Braun and nobody else that can play defense or shoot is just going to be glorious television. Delusional Laker fans will already buy their tickets to the finals. They're already bet on the Lakers to win it all before they plan the parade, their location of said parade, by training camp. They still won't play defense. No matter where or how Kyrie ends up in Lakerland, somehow Sam Presti will end up with another first-round pick because of it. Once again, the Brooklyn Nets will dominate the NBA offseason news. And with rumors now that if Kyrie goes, KD goes, interesting. I know a lot of DC fans think you can get them. You're not going to get them. You're not going to get them. I'm sorry. You're just not. Maybe, maybe a three-team trade where Kyrie goes through Washington or Katie goes to Washington, or maybe Beal goes, you know, Beal goes then to the Nets. I don't know. But Katie's not playing for D.C., y'all. He might want to go to Miami. He might want to go to Dallas. He might want to go that Dallas is a good location. Might thinking about Phoenix. 
Phoenix would be an interesting spot for him. Denver, interesting spot for him. Chaos is a ladder, as they say. And that ladder has a permanent home in Barclays Center. Let's move forward towards the draft. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It was absolute madness during the draft. Madness 30 minutes before. Madness 24 hours before. Things seemed set in concrete until they were not. Briefly, here is what happened. Massively consensus number one pick 24 hours before the draft ended up going third. The guy Houston restructured their, restructured their roster to draft, Paolo Bencaro, ended up going number one to Orlando. The team he actually rejected working out for five times. They asked him to come in for a workout five times. And he was like, his peoples were like, no, why would we do that? You don't even care. You're taking Jabari. And they were like, but we'd really like to evaluate all three of y'all. And they were like, no, we're good. We know you're taking Jabari. Stop playing around. And then they call back. and like, hey, we'd like, to see J- we'd like to see Paolo. And they're like, f*** off. We told you. You're taking Jabari. And they're like, you know, Monday of, the, Monday of draft week, they call and they're like, hey, any chance we could just do like a Zoom workout? <laughs> and they're like, no, f*** off. Thursday, they're Wednesday before the draft, the day before the draft, they're like, hey, any chance you could just fly in? On the way to Barclays, we'll get you in on draft day. On Thursday, we'll get you out. Any chance, two-hour, three-hour flight, whatever it is, any chance. And they're like, it's weird that you would be asking us this the day before. But still, not interested. And I go in. Fine. And they just decided we're taking them anyway. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. Sacramento Kings came out whiffed again they took Keegan Murray at number four when everybody thought that they could move down and they would move down there was a million suitors for Jaden Ivey and now they got a guy who's probably in a dreamland Kyle Kuzma in a dreamland he turns into Kyle Kuzma yet they could have just drafted Kyle they could have just taken that number four pick traded it to the Wizards and gotten Kyle Kuzma and probably the number 10 pick. Stupid, 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 stupid. Maybe you don't like Kyle Kuzma's decision-making, but he's a hell of a wing player and an athlete. And maybe that keeps Bradley Beal in D.C. Detroit Pistons could not have drafted Jaden Ivey faster. They were like, what? This guy's here? Yes. Excuse me? Yes. Created this complicated set of moves with Troy Weaver 24 hours ago with everyone killing the Pistons for trading Jeremy Grant for a bag of potato chips, which we talked about. 
and people wanted to, then, after the draft, wanted to build a statue around Troy Weaver in Detroit. That's how fast things change. At least a dozen teams were jockeying to get Jaden Ivey after Detroit picked him. Like, no. They ended up also making some moves with that 2025 first-round pick that they got from Portland in the Jeremy Grant trade that everyone said that they got nothing for to get Jalen Duren. Yes, they moved up to the 12 spot, 13 spot, moved up to the 13 spot to get Jalen Duren. And somehow they screwed the Knicks over in the process. Let's discuss the Knicks. Probably the most disappointing draft night for Knicks fans. Stephen A. Smith, inconsolable. He's getting shoulder rubs from Spike Lee, like Spike Lee's name is Drake, and Stephen A.'s name is Nick Nurse on the sidelines of a finals game. They traded away their 11th pick for a bunch of future first-rounders that are protected basically for the entire first round. So you don't even get them. (laughs) All right, we're going to give you 2023 first-round pick protected up until 29. Uh, Wait, what? So you mean to tell me unless I win the championship next year, unless unless you win the championship next year, I don't get this pick? Yeah, yeah. Also, it's a Detroit pick uh, that doesn't convey unless they are the 19th pick or worse. Wait, so you mean to tell me Detroit has to make the playoffs next year in order for me to get this? Yes. And somehow Leon Rose neglected to do that research. It's just a few few first-round picks that probably will never convey. They traded Kemba Walker. They moved Kemba Walker away. Got rid of some cap space for Jalen Brunson. Player I love. A player you guys know that I like a lot. Table setter. Good point guard. Very traditionally sound. Set the table. Tough defensively. Villanova. Tough guy. But he's largely expected, uh, like at least, on draft night, was largely expected to be back in a Dallas Mavericks uniform. So there's a lot of speculation about why you do that, baby. Why you do that trade if if he's going back to Dallas because you don't have any other options. Mark Cuban thinks he can resign him. Luca thinks he can they can resign him. And it's probably going to cost him in the upper 20s to get him if they can get him. And now Wendy and others are reporting that the Knicks are inching closer to making Brunson a reality in New York because, because, because... Because of the wonderful things he does. No, that's not why. Because Rick Brunson is an assistant for the New York Knicks, his dad. Yeah, the Brunson family. So they must have a little little home cooking. Uh, yeah, it's just not a coincidence. There's another Brunson there. That's actually his daddy. But this is a big-ass but. What if they can't get Brunson? What do they do? What if Brunson's like, sorry, Dad, I love you. But you saw what happened with Patrick Baldwin Jr., right, when he went to whatever school that was. Got his dad fired in the process. His draft stock boomed, kaboomed. Can they go and get DeJounte Murray with some of the whack-ass pieces that they have and trade those away and maybe have to move some first-round picks that they got that probably won't convey to San Antonio? Mm-mm. I don't know that R.C. Buford is doing that deal. I don't know if he's like, he will suss out that those trade, that those pieces and those, those first-round picks won't convey. He knows how it all works. This could be an unmitigated disaster. It's the Knicks. What do you expect? It's Madison Square Garden and Dolan. And I love Dolan. You guys know that. He's a good dude. <laughs> 
good dude, Dolan. I always say that. JD, and he's also uh, he's also a good uh, guitarist. I've heard he does a good job. Moving on, OKC found a way to make moves like only Sam Presti can. They picked Chet up at number two. They traded up to get Uzmeng Jang at 11. They didn't have to give up 12 to get Jang at 11. Took another skinny big man who can play and can pass. He's 6'11", 190 pounds, just like Chet. They should work out perfect together. They took Jalen Williams from Santa Clara at 12. Another good kid who's moved up the draft board. Then they took another Jalen Williams. Two Jalen Williams. Yes, one with the... A-L, one with the A-Y-L. Yes, it's true. Uh, he played at Arkansas. The other one played at Santa Clara. It's true. Just a full-on kick-ass draft for, for OKC to the point where I say, are they my league pass team? I'm not sure, but it's close. SGA, Giddy, Lou Dort, Chet, Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams. <laughs> A lot of them chatter that they wanted to move up to seven. Didn't end up happening. Sam Presti, still playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers, ended up trading three first-rounders to the Knicks, and they were the three least valuable first-round picks that he has out of the 19 that he has. And they still have 16 first-rounders in the next six years. Mm-mm-mm. Blazers! Fam. I don't know. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I haven't seen the kid play. No one has seen Shaden Sharp play in the last 12 months. Shaden Sharp has not played any competitive basketball in the last year. But because of the way that these rules work, he was able to declare early for college, come in in the spring semester, thought about playing when his backcourt for Kentucky was all banged up. Calipari, mensch move, don't do it. You're only going to hurt yourself in your draft stock. We don't need this. They ended up getting bounced out of the first round. Calipari's high on the kid. Thinks he could be a first-round pick next year. Number one overall pick next year. (sighs) We took Shaden Sharp seven. What does that mean for a team that says that they are contending and building a contender around Dame in the immediate future, but we haven't seen him play basketball competitively in over a year? I don't know. Does that mean he could be an ex-superstar? Maybe. Am I patient with Shaden? Absolutely. Is Dame patient with Shaden Sharp? I don't know. Here's the thing that's the big upside. You listen to this guy Shaden Sharp talk. He says, I think I can be the best player to ever play basketball. I, what do I do? Since you don't have a comp on me, you don't have a scouting report on me because I've played no competitive basketball in 12 months. Well, let me tell you what I do. Straight line drives to the rim. I play above the rim at all times. I'm long. He's six foot. He's six foot five with a seven foot wingspan. Can shoot the three effectively. Plays very tough defense. He's skinny as hell. But if he wasn't skinny as hell, who does that remind you of? To me, Aunt Edwards. To me, shades of Brandon Ingram. Can he be the next Aunt Edwards? Can he be the next B.I.? We're going to have to see. In the midst of all this, like I said, Katie rumors flying around. No one wants to make moves in the draft anymore because they're like, we might need the cap space for KD. What does that do? 
creates more chaos. Memphis Grizzlies seem to be involved in half the draft picks in the first round, ending up with Jake LaRavia and David Roddy at the expense of DeAnthony Melton. The Wizards did everything that they could do to push Bradley Beal out of D.C. Yeah. By drafting at 10 instead of going to get a veteran point guard with that number 10 spot. Feels like this was an interesting choice given the fact that Bradley Beal said that his number one priority in terms of his free agency decision is winning. Can a rookie point guard out of Wisconsin get you to winning in your prime, Bradley Beal? Even Bradley Beal, who I know is delusional, who I know wants to make this work in his heart, knows this is not the way. If I was a betting woman, which I am, I would bet that Bradley Beal is not happy right now with Johnny Davis on this team. What does that mean for his free agency status? Possibly deuces. Possibly deuces. San Antonio Spurs continue. A lot of, a lot of D.C. fans want him out because he's going to make $60 million. We'll have to see. San Antonio Spurs continue to march to the beat of their own drum. They do not give a f*** about what anybody thinks. That's why they took Josh Primo 20 slots higher than anybody thought. That's why they started with the Draymond clone and, Z- and Jeremy Sohan. Got better with Malachi Branham at 20, who I loved. Then they ended up getting Blake Wesley at 25. All of them were way up the Spurs draft board. Branham being pegged as a mid-lottery pick at one point. Interesting, interesting stuff. I cannot wait to see how this all ends up. Do we have Matt McEwen on? Wow, what great timing. Amazing timing here. So, let's talk about it. So, first and foremost, yesterday we saw a series of unprecedented swings in the odds for who would go number one in the draft. In the span of eight hours, Jabari Smith went from negative 10,000, which means for every dollar you bet, you get back one penny, to plus 300, to plus 300, which means for every dollar you bet bet you get back uh three dollars and then it went back down again eventual number one pick paolo bancaro was plus 2200 which means every dollar you get back you get every dollar you bet you get 22 back 10 days ago never seen anything like this benedict matherin love him ben matherin maybe going to be one of the best players in the draft Pacers took him at number six. Snake this. Jeremy Sohan, Spurs, very interesting pickup. I think he could become a more offensive shooting threat, but like a Draymond Green. Love Jake LaRavia in that pick. Grizzlies took him at 19. He's a dog. He fits in with what they want to do. Absolutely. Max Christie on the Lakers, number 35. Quick little story. Lakers targeted Andrew Nemhard, but he went number 31. So they were very, very happy to get Christie in this spot. Probably ranked in the 20s on many draft boards. Basically a better version of THT. Lakers also ended up getting Scottie Pippen Jr. and Sharif O'Neal. Interesting pedigree of names there. And then the Pelicans end up getting EJ Liddell at 41. Is he going to be this this Ayu Desunmu version? Like a, somebody who slipped in the draft probably should have been a number one pick or number first round pick. I'm not sure, but it could be. Who I think is sus? Keegan Murray. He's a diet wish version of Kyle Kuzma. I think he's an absolute dream if he becomes Kyle Kuzma. And I put this out there because the Kings have been atrocious in their draft history. This is a team that took Marvin Bagley at two. Luka went three. Took Thomas Robinson at five. Dame went six. Jimmer Ferdinand at ten. Clay went 11. 
So the Kings don't get any benefit of the doubt from me at all. When Keegan is a, is a nice piece, that's fine. But Jaden Ivey was the guy that everybody said will will make an impact now. And the Kings are going to get murdered for this pick. I also am a little suspect on Dyson Daniels, a little suspect on Usman Jang. We'll break that down more next week. But- Amazing timing here. So, let's talk about it. So, first and foremost, yesterday we saw a series of unprecedented swings in the odds for who would go number one in the draft. In the span of eight hours, Jabari Smith went from negative 10,000, which means for every dollar you bet, you get back one penny, to plus 300, to plus 300, which means for every dollar you bet bet you get back uh three dollars and then it went back down again eventual number one pick paolo bancaro was plus 2200 which means every dollar you get back you get every dollar you bet you get 22 back 10 days ago never seen anything like this so to help us understand what all happened and how it might affect future drafts as a league as a whole, please welcome Matt McEwen. Uh, Matt is editor-in-chief of the Sports Betting Dime. He has been a friend of a show for a long time now. He is a Also, he has created their Futures Tracker, Score Predictors, and other betting models. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, Tristan. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It was uh, what a, a crazy time it is to be a sports betting person in the business i had people even uh that were people that were newsbreakers who wanted to get my perspective in terms of how this blew up on twitter you know not just gambling twitter but nba twitter so i figured you know for the people to get somebody on who does this all the time and understands how markets move so i wanted to have you on um explain to those maybe who don't bet or don't understand, you know, how these things go, how we can get odds change so rapidly and so wildly in such a short period of time and and not just in one direction where everything goes and stays, but then in every direction. Yeah, so, I mean, Tristan, it all boils down to money, right? And these sports books, they aren't, you know, they're in the betting industry, but they're not into making bets themselves, right? They're not sitting here saying, ah, okay, we're, we're okay if we're, we're, you know, have this massive liability on, on Palo to go first. No, their job is to even the money up uh, proportionally, right? What they want is, an, again, it's not necessarily an equal amount of money on each side, but what they need is a proportional amount of money on each side, right? And I say that because, hey, if, if you got minus 110 odds on each side, sure, you want equal money on, on each side. But when we're talking about something like you just said there, where Jabari Smith was minus 10,000, you know, that's okay. You, 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 you should have a lot more money on Jabari Smith than you should have on anybody else at that point, right? So, you know, this this was uh, just very interesting to see the money flowing, right? And that's exactly what happened here was, 
you know, and, and we live in this this age of, of social media now and it's becoming stronger and the insiders and the rumors and, and uh, you know, whether they're real or, or fake, they're flowing. Right. And all it takes, as we've seen, is one of them to get a ton of people on it willing to say, OK, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw some money on on this side. I think it's it's got some value. All of a sudden you create some steam. You got a ton of money coming in there. The book starts saying we can't have this. You know, if if this event occurs now, we would be out a lot of money. So what do we have to do? We got to start driving some money on the other options. Right. So that's where you see this fluctuation happening. Uh, and that's why you saw it happen so fast, so wildly, like you you uh, described there. Right. There was just this massive flow of money that started about 72 hours ago uh, on Palo there. And, you know, then Waj sends out his tweet that it is going to be Jabari. And all of a sudden everybody's back on Jabari. And so then they've got to swing it again because they're they're all of a sudden liable again. They're not in a, in a good position uh, in where the money's lying. Right. So it, it was wild. And, and you know, for, for those who are familiar, uh, you know, and NFL fans as well, we saw this happen in the NFL draft, too. Right. With Aiden Hutchinson and Trevon Walker. We even saw it. I mean, if you go a little bit further back, uh, Icky and, and Evan Neal all of a sudden were the favorites to go first overall. Right. And, and it, it same type of thing. It didn't happen, you know, as, um, you know, as, as abruptly as, as this one did. But as as more markets come online, right, more people are betting, there's more money available to be bet um, and, and just more rumors going around. Right. So that's that's why it's it's essentially the money. So I'm curious, what can betters learn from this the next time it happens? And is there a philosophy? Because it feels like 72 hours ago, there was no news that was the reason that Paolo was getting a lot of influx of money other than just the value of seeing 22, 21 to 1 odds. Well, so, I mean, if, if there's a lesson here, and I mean, I think this goes beyond sports even, Tristan. I, I know this is a sports podcast, but, I mean, if there's a lesson, it is, uh, you know, un- understand the sources that, that you're, you're trusting, right? And it's, you know, the, these insiders understand that they don't need firm, credible evidence to go and put out a report, right? They just need a rumor. And, and it's and it's a report. So, you know, if, if there's a lesson to be had here, I, I think it's, uh, it, it, it's one, you know, know your sources. But two, understand that around these drafts, nobody knows anything, <laughs> you know, and, and the team's themselves are are throwing out fake reports to try to throw each other off of, of you know each other's scent right the i mean you know no, nobody nobody wants to nobody they, they don't want everybody else knowing who they're taking first overall right they, they would love they would have loved um you know somebody to try to trade up to come get jabari smith because you know they wanted jabari smith and, and that was their guy right so it's it's just knowing that these drafts are very unpredictable and, and, you know, when you do see 2,200 odds, maybe it is worth a little sprinkle, you know, obviously we, we bet responsibly and, uh, you know, don't, don't put your life savings on something like this, but a couple bucks at, uh, at, at 2,200 at that point. I mean, you know, obviously you were laughing come, come draft day. If you, if you got on that train early. 
How does this compare to other drafts that we've seen in the NBA? Because it feels like most are pretty consensus number. Like, I'm thinking about the Zion draft. There was nothing that anyone could do to get me to draft any, to get me to put money on anyone but Zion. And so, so how does what we saw last night compare to maybe what you've seen uh, in prior drafts? Uh, you, you are absolutely correct, right? I think this was the first draft in a little bit that we have seen a little bit of skepticism over like who who is the the true number one here, right? And um, there there wasn't any clear sign that it is this guy. Um, so no, th- this this was unique. Um, this this one, to be very honest with you, reminded me of of certain NFL drafts where there isn't that top flight quarterback, right? Whenever you have the top quarterback, you know you know who's going number one. But this, this reminded me of that, where it was all of a sudden, you know, there, I, I know Chet didn't really ever see, like, you know, his odds shorten a ton. But, but I think plus 180 all the way down to 110, back up to plus 400, up to 2200 on draft day. So a little. Some, some movement there, right? But he, he, what I was saying is essentially he, he never became a favorite, right? Like he... There, there, there wasn't this swing to, to Chet all of a sudden, but at the same time, it very well could have been Chet as well. Like there, there were, there were three guys that really, it, it could have been any one of, of these, right? And um, no, th- this was truly unique. And this is, you know, you, you get these betting opportunities very uh, seldomly. You know, these, these types of things don't, I mean, the draft itself only shows up once a year. Um, and like you said, most are you know, consensus, there's a number one, this guy's going, don't waste your money on anything else. Right. So, um, no, I mean, to your, to your point before it's, you know, understand when there is uncertainty and, and capitalize. Do you think this changes how information like the news information business around events, like the draft, like, does this put, does this put pressure on maybe making these non-sporting sporting events illegal nationwide because they are so uh, predicated on information and not something that's like completely unpredictable, given that there's already five states, uh, including New York, where it's not legal? So I, I, I personally don't believe we're going to see this, this mass rush to like, hey, let's not offer odds here. This is just too much. I, I think the, you know, the moves we'll see are are likely going to be you know there, there's some states that basically shut shut it down like 24 hours prior right that that's that's one step I, I think we would see well before anything like that the other one is just capping the bets right like take you know and, and they already do to an extent you know every sportsbook has the right to refuse any bet that you come to them with and they do you know if, if you showed up <laughs> with you know half a million dollars on Paolo, I don't think any sportsbook would have taken at twenty two to one. They're like, nah, dog. No chance, right? No, nobody wants that liability. Um, Would they? Let me ask you a quick follow up question. Would they move the line even if they didn't take the bet? Just like say, I gave them five. I want to put five hundred thousand dollars on Paolo twenty two to one. They turn me away. Do then the the traders go back into a little powwow and say, holy shit, we there's something that might be going on here. Yeah. So. That in itself may not move the line right away, but that's going to put high alert on that line all of a sudden. And you're going to have somebody watching that line and watching 
every bet from there out that comes in on that line, right? And and yeah, your 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 next bet on that draft is not going to be accepted as quickly as it would have been ten minutes ago, right? So it, it may not shut it down, but um, high alert that that that's going to get the attention, right? So. You know, th- those are the moves I think we would see, right? Just and 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 we, we already do see them to an extent. They just may continue moving in that direction. Maybe you're, you know, they, they take less, um, you know, five figure bets, four figure bets on these types of events, right? I don't think we'll. They 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 take they take too much handle, you know, for for what it is. Like it's it, it's worth it for them, right? So Adrian Wojnarowski, as well as Sham Sharanya, two of the top newsbreakers in the business, have been courted. It's no secret they're being courted by books. How does this change if Woj is working for someone like PointsBet? Yeah, so I mean that's an interesting one. In in, in my opinion here, you know, and I think what uh, what we all hope this means is just that his information goes to the books first. Right. That's you what know. they're paying the seven million dollars or whatever it is for, and and that's it. And it's it's basically before you go public, it's hey, just let us know so that we can put our line either on alert, we can move it, or we can just take it down, right? And uh, so, what what does that do? Um, you know, as a better, it, it gives you less opportunities to expose a bad line, um, but again. As, as we've said, like, this is only like the informational based betting events too, right? So, you know, sure, Woj might have a, an injury to, to report ahead of time, right? <clears throat> I, feel there's, I feel there's enough people that, that are, you know, privy to that information that you'll still get it in a reasonable time. Um, you know, and when it comes to a single game like that, there's enough handle on it that you're not going to instantly start moving that line. Um, so, you know, it, it, it does though, it, it, it will limit your opportunities to expose a bad line. Do you think what we saw was good for basketball or bad for basketball? I thought it was good. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. And, and just again, from, I, I hate to keep calling back to the NFL here. I, I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm a big NFL fan. Um, the NFL draft uh, for me anyways, and I think for most Americans as well, is a much bigger event than the NBA draft is, you know, and the betting handle says so as well. You know, the, uh, Johnny Avella was on talking about, uh, the, the NFL draft being th- at least three times the handle of the, of the NBA draft, you know? So I, I feel it was good. I feel all this because I mean, you know, every time someone sees a, a long shot win, right, their head gets filled with that could be me. You know, next time maybe maybe that could be me. Maybe I could be that lottery winner next time, right? So I, I think it's great for basketball. Uh, I think it will drive a little more interest in next year's draft, um, and and you know specifically betting on the draft as well, right? Which I mean that drives a lot of interest. <laughs> We saw a, a trade uh, before the draft. Christian Wood got moved based on the perception, the false perception that Jabari was a lock to go number one, and that Carroll was going to be there for Houston at number three. Does this, does that change like pre-draft trades from, got, from teams in the lottery perhaps? Like 
How do you think this changes, I guess, how, how teams communicate with one another? Um, you know what? I, I mean, the, I, I think that was always a concern, you know, like that was always a risk that, that they were taking in, in doing so. Right. And I, I, I would, you know, be willing to, to bet money that this isn't the first time that, you know, uh, one team maybe fed another team bad information. Uh, about what they were doing, you know, I, I, I don't think uh, that's that's never happened before. So I, you know what, I, I, I don't, I don't think that has any effect. I think, uh, you know, Houston maybe got burned a little bit, but I, I think they're going to be okay, be okay Jabari. Jabari. So I'm looking at odds now for rookie of the year. And I see that Paolo Bancaro is the odds on favorite uh, plus 300. Why does it say he's in Detroit? That's so weird. Um, anyway, that's strange. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, plus, plus 300. The longest odd uh, that I see on Sports Betting Dime is Jalen Duran at 30 to 1. I'm curious, though, uh, for, for those who have never bet on Rookie of the Year before, um, what's the smartest strategy uh, to bet on that? So, so in... in... In my opinion here, from what I've seen and, and you know, I've, I've been tracking these rookie of the year odds for about six years now, right? And it ultimately, the, the, the main factor is points, sadly, right? Which, you know, I, I think a lot of the basketball purists uh, get a little upset over this. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into the game that, you know, and, and points is the sexy stat, right? And... It's, it's points, it's highlight real plays. You know, how, how many times are you going to see Jabari throwing down on, on you know, some, some big forward? Um, as well as, they're, they're, they're recently, what I've seen is some team success go into it, though. You know, and I, I, team, team success comes in when there isn't a clear-cut, super sexy point score, um, highlight reel, most night player. Then it defers to, and, and I mean, I think that's what you saw with Scotty Barnes this, this past year, winning, winning rookie of the year, right? You looked at the Raptors and said, he was a really key piece in getting them to the playoffs, going from, you know, picking, what was that, four, uh, to up into the playoffs there, you know? So, yeah, he, he played a massive role on that team, and, and, all of a sudden, I think for the first time in a while, we saw that come into play. But for the most part, I think you're looking at which which player is going to be on the floor and score. I'm so, betting. I'm, I'm betting Jabari. Betting Jabari. Yeah. So I'm t- take me through the reason the reasoning for that. Jabari, obviously on the on the Houston Rockets, going to be playing alongside uh, Jalen Green, uh, a noted chucker, willing passer, but noted chucker can put up you know ten threes a night. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., another noted chucker um, on that team as well, will shoot from anywhere, not a willing passer. So take me through kind of your strategy on how you get to Jabari. So right away, I look, you know, looking at the favorite, Paolo there, I don't love him in that offense necessarily. And what I mean, I, I don't love his usage. Uh, there's a lot that, like, I, I think Orlando has this idea that they're going to, compete this year a little bit you know which I see laugh at and I kind of do internally too because it's the Orlando Magic and we haven't seen them really do that in in a long time now um 
But there's a lot of players in, in Orlando that want the ball as well. And especially if all of a sudden, like, Markel Fultz has, like, a summer where all of a sudden he finds himself again. And, and now all of a sudden you've got just all these guys that want to get their own. I mean, that, that's a full, that's a loaded roster of young, hungry players there, right? So I, I'm out on him and his odds are just a little little too short for me with, with, with his situation. Um Looking around elsewhere, Chet, I have fears over him just in the NBA in general. Um, you know, his his weight worries me a little bit and, and just how, yeah, how thin he is, how lean he is. Um, I, so I, I don't know what that's going to look like in, in the NBA. Um, I, I, have, I have some doubts there, admittedly. So... You know, look, looking basically, I, I look at those top three guys because I think they stand above the rest. Um, and 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 you know, those those are yeah, in my opinion, the kind of top tier guys. And I do look to Houston, and that's a situation where you have a team there that isn't too far removed from being championship contenders year in year out, right? And I think you have a like that. That's a, that's still a proud team that wants to get back to competing and I think they've seen they can't do that playing basketball the way they did the way that you just mentioned them doing and I think there's going to be a very concerted effort uh from the coaching staff um to get the ball into Jabari's hands and to be a little more efficient offensively you know it's very efficient throwing down dunks (laughs) uh so I I I think we're gonna see a lot of Jabari this year. I think we're going to see the offense run through Jabari a little more than some expect. Uh, I, like I said, I know, I mean, Jalen Green, uh, shot taker. Um, I think Houston's, I think Houston's going to do everything they can to put the ball through Jabari's hands. And, and I think he'll be, you know, a little similar to, to Scotty in Toronto, where he's almost like the focal point of the offense. He may not score all the points, but I think the ball is going to run through him pretty consistently. If if Bradley Beal ends up leaving uh, Washington, is there a chance that the line moves on Johnny Davis? It's plus 2,000 now. So, uh, wow. Yeah, that's a great value. So, um would you would you take a flyer and also on top of Johnny Davis, are there any other, so I guess a two-part question, any other long shots that you absolutely love and then long shots that you would absolutely stay away from outside of maybe Mark Williams and Jalen Duren because of the usage rate? So uh, Johnny Davis isn't, is a very interesting name there. Right. And I, I, I just have my concerns like is Bradley Beal really leaving and, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, at, at, at plus 2,000, I absolutely think that's worth a little sprinkle. Um, it, it's not something that I would put a ton on there. Because, I mean, the, the whole Bradley Beal situation is just, I, again, it's another one of these, like, NBA draft things. Like, I, I don't think anybody knows the real truth here, you know. And, and again, I, I don't like betting a lot of money on things that I, do, I, I have no idea about, right? Um so when it comes to other long shots, I'm just pulling up the board here. Uh, there's honestly, there's not a ton of names far down the board that grab my attention. Um, 
What about, how are you feeling about Shaden Sharp in Portland? So, I mean, funny enough, I was just about to mention Benedict Matherin because I wanted him to end up in Portland. Um, that, that, like that, that I thought was a, a really ideal fit. And if he ended up there, he, I think I would have been betting uh, Benedict Matherin. Shaden Sharp, I think at 12 to 1, same thing, similar to Johnny Davis, where I think it's worth a little sprinkle. I'm not, I'm not putting a ton on, on that, but he's, he's probably as far down the board as I would look, which isn't very far, I know. Um, but I, I, I like it. I mean, you know, Dame wants to win. Now, for Portland to win, I do think Dame's going to be taking the final shot every game. You know, and I think that is the best thing for Portland, uh, as you know, I think we probably all agree with. We've seen over the years uh, what that looks like. So I, I, I do. If you're looking if, if you're looking outside the top tier, I think Shaden Sharp is the, the you know, best candidate there for you know, a little bit of a long shot. Matt, when are we going to get Kyrie destination odds, KD destination odds? What's up with that? So. You know what? Those are always uh, interesting. To the, you know, the, the books, I, I do feel the books kind of try to slide those in there real quick. And, yeah. you know, don't, they don't make it super public because... They never promote it. No. Right? Yeah. And, and there's a reason. They, they don't want, uh, you know, first bet in to be, you know, $100,000 on some guy who knows Kevin Durant and, you know, knows where he's going. Um the books aren't going to open anything there until they feel they have enough information. Right. And again, who knows when that is? Um, it, it, yeah. If you had to ask me, I honestly, I don't know that we even see any Durant odds. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we see some Kyrie, uh, but I think they'll come late. Like there'll, there'll, there'll be an announcement um, and, and, and they'll come late. So if you have an idea of where you think KD, Kyrie end up, uh, would you then just place, I guess, back, back in, backing into it and just place future, future uh, bets on, you know, futures bets on teams? That's what I would recommend because, I mean, the other thing, too, that you're dealing with there is similar to the NBA draft where, it, I mean, if you want to lay a big chunk of money on something like that, decent chance they're not taking your bet, right? So I, I wouldn't wait. If you have some credible information on where one or both may go the futures market is is a little better there and again maybe not even the the championship futures but you know looking to division if win totals come out you know in in time for that you know that that's in my opinion one i know it's not the lottery ticket that uh, a lot of people like right but uh that's that's one that, that you know a little more certainty around that a little better probability of actually hitting that bet Final question, I guess, uh, as you said, if you have more definitive information, then, you know, maybe you can go ahead and place a bet on X, Y, or Z because you know something that others don't know. How do books, from your perspective, keep a, keep track on, you know, who they can limit as a, as a better? Like, you know, can Woj bet? Can Shams bet? Can Jerry West bet? You know, what, what, where are we at in terms of the murkiness of, I know Calvin Ridley can't bet. He cannot anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but like, where's the line here? So from, from my understanding, 
the leagues are submitting names at this point. Now, again, don't don't quote me on this. Um, because if, As if you're it, live on the broadcast. <laughs> if it hasn't happened yet, it's going to start happening. There, there, there's going to be names and, and, you know, the, the onus in the past has just always been on like the teams, the leagues, right. And the sports books were doing a favor, you know, that like the Calvin Ridley thing, like they basically said, Hey, like, sure, we'll take your bet, but like, we got to go notify the NFL of this, right? Like all, all of these leagues are getting money from these sports books. They're partnered with the sports books, right? So, I mean, they, they don't want that. Like they, these, both sides want this to be a nice, clean, uh, trustworthy, credible partnership here, right? They don't want this drama. So it's, you know, it, it, it's growing into a partnership here of, Hey, here's, here's, you know, names do not take these or on the sports book side, if somebody slips in, yeah, Jerry West slips in and makes a bet. They might call the NBA and say, Hey, what's up here? Like, you know. Uh, should, should we take this? Should, I mean, they can always cancel a bet after it's made. Right. So it's, uh, it, it, it is, it's getting to a point where, where the, the two sides are really going to start working together and, and they have to, because you know, you, you, there's already enough skepticism around, you know, sports betting and, and just nervousness around, Oh, what, what is this doing to the, to the integrity of the game? Right. And, neither side wants that. Neither side wants these questions. Um, so it, it, it will, it, it's going to continue just growing into this nice shared partnership of, Hey, don't let this person bet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome stuff, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. We'll have to do it later on this season when Kyrie ends up somewhere and, and KD either ends up somewhere or he doesn't. Yeah, no, my pleasure, Trist. I, I had one for you. I, I think, uh, I, I saw you liked my, my Toronto Raptors, uh, Christian Coloco. Oh my God, that's a great pickup. I, I he thought is, so too, right? Too, right? He's exactly what Masai wants. Masai likes international players. He likes players who are long and athletic, who can switch on defense. Christian Coloco, I pegged Arizona as being one of the surprise teams of this year before they even played a regular season game because of what, you know, you're seeing from the coaching staff coming from Gonzaga and some of these other guys. So I watched a lot of Christian Coloco, and I was impressed by him. He's he's an athletic freak. I think that was a very underrated, such a Toronto pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, and you I, didn't have to give up OG and an OB to us in order to get what you wanted. <laughs> I'm really happy we did. I'm really happy we did. I love OG. But I mean, that, that was a big hole on the Raptors roster. They, we didn't have that big kind of banger. Uh, to play at center, and funny enough, I'm I'm with some uh, bachelor party here for the weekend, and bunch of Raptors fan around or fans around me here. There, there's people here who are more excited about the Ron Harper Jr. signing. That's a big one too. So, th- like they're 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 going wild out there about Ron Harper Jr. And I I'm in here saying I I don't not that I don't like Ron Harper Jr. But I, I'm tr- I'm the one like I'm the quiet voice here saying hey Christian Coloco I think is gonna. Gonna do some stuff. Don't sleep. Do not sleep. He's gonna. He might start at five. I agree with you. Uh, as much as I like what what Precious kind of brought, he's he's a little undersized. You know. Absolutely. At least you have someone who can bang with Joel Embiid now. That's what they needed. Precious Achuya is cute and all against the Warriors. Yeah. But sometimes you need that defensive versatility against guys like you know JoJo against guys like you know. 
the Lopez, any Lopez, even Giannis, and, right? And like Giannis, he's, he's exactly. Great, he's great to to throw on Giannis, who you know, sure, go ahead, dare him to shoot, shoot the three, uh, you know. But that length to put on him, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, Trista. Go Raptors. Go Raptors. Have a great one. Enjoy the bachelor party. We will talk to you soon, sir. Thanks so much, Trista. Talk soon. Thank you. This is all the time that we have. I appreciate y'all. We'll be back Monday with a new episode as we head into free agency and summer league. Follow us as the season comes to a close. Free agency begins. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us at eCheck on TikTok and at Trick on